Welcome to the Why Music Podcast, where we talk to independent artists about their journeys, the inspirations behind their music, and ultimately why they make music. This next artist is a Tennessee-based folk rock storyteller. Closing the gap between humanity and music, he wears his music on his sleeve. Still riding the wave of his latest project, he's creating a unique space with every track he writes. Welcome, Chase. Thank you very much. Uh, you've gotten blushing. <laughs> um, I always like to start with where your music journey all started. Yeah, okay. Uh, so for me, it sort of goes back to, there's like a bunch of little starts, right? So whenever I was very small, I'd say probably like four or five, just starting to, you know, kind of talk. I was always singing. And my dad was a worship leader. So he was also always singing. And so just around music all the time. And uh, one of my favorite artists, believe it or not, <laughs> was uh, Scott Stapp of Creed. And I thought he had the coolest voice in the world. And I was like, I'm going to sound like him. So I would literally walk around the house. I, I have two older brothers. And I'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, can you please stop? And they'd beat me up. They were like so tired of it. So I was always singing. And then um, probably like uh, 10, 11, I got into dance. And so I started dancing. I loved um, like Gene Kelly and Michael Jackson. And so I was just like always looking for outlets. I was always sort of like... Um, an artist I did painting I did that sort of thing and then I was like oh let's do dance so I did that for about nine years I was a cavalier which is like a male ballerina and then mingled in between there I did some like theater camps and some like community theater shows uh and the first time I auditioned for one of the camps I got a lead role and I was like this is amazing. Like, I got the stage, I got the eyes, people are looking at me. And so I really love that. Um, but then I realized, man, I do not like learning lines at all. Like, I'm not good at it. I don't enjoy it. I would wait, I would wait far too long to get the lines down. Um, but then, so the big shift happened whenever I was about not even about, I was 16 years old. It was on my birthday that I got my first piano. Um, and that's the day I wrote my first song. And since then I have just been, I've just had this dream of doing music. Um, I love music. I love writing. I love it. Yeah. So I would say it really started me pursuing this passion as something like, or maybe not even pursuing it, but like more focused on what sort of it, type of expression I want to do since I was 16. What was it about writing your first song that kind of made you fall in love with not only just the writing, but the idea of being your own artist? The fact that I could do it. Um, there's something that's, I'm sure that you can relate to. Um, but like whenever you, 
or whenever I was younger, I was, I could do about anything, right? I'd put a smile on, I played baseball, I play soccer, I danced for nine years. Like you can do, you know, about anything you put your mind to. But whenever I was writing, uh, it felt like I was doing the right thing. Like it felt like I was like, oh, I can do this because it's just completely from me. It's not like somebody's telling me to hit the ball to third base. It's like, I'm doing it. I'm the person who is sort of moving this where it needs to go. And that's like very empowering. And I think important for everyone to be able to feel, whether it's songwriting or accounting, like you have to know, uh, it's just good to feel confident about what you're doing. No, 100%. I mean, there is it's like one of those when you know you know things where it's just like yeah. it's not until yeah. you're like doing the thing that you're like oh like this is what the right thing is supposed to like feel like and what you're this is what you know yes. this is how you know this is what you're supposed to do yeah agreed uh, yeah and it's no. special oh 100 that's what makes especially like in a creative space that's what makes it all the much more like personal and special is that it's oh yeah you know it's just something like it, it's since it's a creative thing, it's just completely from you. Yeah. What do you find most often inspires your writing? That's such a good question. Um, so I would, I would say I have a wonderful family. I love my family. Um, but I have a sibling who is adopted and that sibling has uh, a lot of um, a lot of issues that uh, affected us, you know, from before we adopted her, it was brought over. And so I needed an outlet. Um, and now I have used it as a very powerful, so powerful, it's so powerful. Um, way to just express what I'm going through. Uh, whether that was whenever I was 16 years old and trying to figure out like, why is my, why is my little sister hurting so much? And now to, I mean, life is so difficult. I'm a grown man. Like, <laughs> how do you do this stuff? You know, I'm sure yeah. you can relate to that. But just, um, I think the thing that really inspires me is difficulty and um challenge and uh adversity like whenever i face those things i can throw my hat in or i can just try and address it i can just go straight in on it because i know that i have the tool to do that now so like uh it's it's just inspiring for me and i'm sure you could probably hear that from my writing it's not super jaunty all the time like um it's just so good for me, at least for my my sake to be able to go into those things at first. And then can I also add something that is a, a part of the question there? Yeah. So recently something that I've been really challenging myself with is like, okay, well, it doesn't always need to be like a trauma response to try and <laughs> address something deeper. As a songwriter and as somebody using this as his career, I've been realizing like, oh, I need to push myself. I don't need to write songs that I like. I don't need to write songs that address this thing within me. 
I can use this skill that I've been, you know, fostering since I was 16 and try and like um, write songs for other people or even write songs for me that I don't necessarily think are relevant to my life, you know? Mm -hmm. No, and that's, I mean, oftentimes it does start from a place of personal experience and a place of self-expression, but it often, you know, you can only write about yourself and like what's going on in your life so much. If you want to be writing like on a more frequent basis, you're going to run out of material at some point. So you kind of almost have to expand to the world around you. Yeah. Nobody's life is that interesting, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah. After a while, it just gets sad and it's like, okay, I made the move (laughs) on. okay we've we've been sitting on this for a little bit too long we need to bring something else into the mix yeah um but yeah no it it, it's always interesting when you not even even if it's not intentional in the way of like oh I'm writing this about so-and-so's life right now or like something I witnessed or you know something someone told me about or anything like that but it's just like sometimes at least I've had happen where you I just like have written something that just kind of happened on accident and I'm like this doesn't have anything to do with my life I don't know anyone that's living this experience right now. Where did this just come from? <laughs> so yeah. sometimes it's just, you know, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. It's, that's why it, it, I mean, songwriting is just storytelling. That's why, yeah. that's why that's, that's the way it is. I also, I mean, I can't help but think um, there's got to be something divine about it too, because there have been times whenever I put something down on paper and I'm like, that doesn't pertain to me whatsoever. Ever, but it feels like I know that I feel moved by it mm-hmm. and that's something that's really cool whenever you're just like you know whenever you're in the zone and you're just like writing and something goes down and you're like I know that I didn't just think of that you know it's just <laughs> uh I definitely think there's like a level of divine inspiration yeah it sometimes it's just like where did those words just come from because yeah I don't know Not I. (laughs) Uh, If you had to create a new genre around your style of music, what would you call it? Um, That's a fun question. If I had to create a new genre around my style of music, um, (laughs) you know, I actually came up with a word uh, with, with a friend not too long ago, literally, that was like, the new genre if I was making it mm-hmm. and I forget what it is but it was so funny I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of mill over that and try and figure that out uh well I would say it's kind of folky I feel like it's kind of I feel like my writing is a little bit and now I, by no means am I comparing myself to Paul Simon but I feel like it's a little bit like Paul Simon again he is so he's, I'm not comparing. He's so good, but I'm inspired by him. Um, I don't know. Fun-ish and sad-ish. Maybe that would be the genre. <laughs> sad, fun, folk. <laughs> yeah, sad, fun, folk. Yeah, I mean, the folk is definitely there. Yeah. Whatever else you put into it is just like a further It's kind of interesting. I'm not sure if you picked up, but like... Um, the music in the record is not very like it's not like oh you you can't pin one song or you can pin one song but if you put them all together it's like 
Yeah, this is kind of not the same as the last one that I listened to. Like, instrumentally, if you listen to She Stood Shoulder Height, mm-hmm. which is like a jaunty country song, even like old country, uh, but then you listen to Two Left, you're like, there's no way that this is on the same record. <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely hop between genres, mm-hmm. and I for a long time I was sort of insecure about that because on my first record Selfish it was the same thing it was like you know the first song was rock the second song was like jazz the third song was an acoustic track the second song was uh, southern rock and then the last song was I don't even know what something like pop and it's like for a young artist that that sort of you know that makes sense right you're sort of exploring right and with this next record or my most recent record cardianiac i was sort of struggling with that like i want the i want it to all sound cohesive um but there's also that part of me that's like yeah it can be cohesive and also differ in style and like i don't need to be one style to get my point across and what i'm trying to say and so for me, I think the the bouncing beti- between genres, although I'm sure I'm going to keep fleshing that out, mm-hmm. um, is sort of important to me for being able to bounce between ideas and sort of give the give the words musically the weight that I want, you know? 100%. I think something I've noticed too is like, I think the way we see our own work, we see it as very different um, from one piece to the next, you know, like it, like one song to the next, it looks so much different because we know every nook and cranny of the track. But if you look at it, like if you're an outside eye or an outside ear, really looking at it, um, you can, you can see it more as a collective work because you told me it was a collective work. You know, you're telling me, yeah. oh, this is something that all goes together. So I think like, cause like I've listened to your latest project top to bottom. And to me, it sounds rather cohesive, not in a like, oh, they all sound the same kind of way, but in a like these fit together kind of way. But, you know, as the person who created it, you see it as more of like, I kind of just put these together. Maybe they don't, you know, there's some sense of flow, but they kind of, you know, they're all that different. And it's like, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where we're our own biggest critic on that. And again, it's, you know, every piece and ounce of the track. So you can hear all the variances a lot more clearly than someone who listens to it for the first time. That is very true. I am, (laughs) I am a harsh self critic. (laughs) Aren't Um, we all? (laughs) But thanks for thanks for listening to it of course uh i think you're absolutely right i have i have listened to that record that record has been done for almost a year but i didn't release it until now so i have i've listened to it over a hundred times and like i you know this feeling too where you just Mm -hmm. listen to some of your songs over and over and over again by the end of it you're like I made the worst music I've ever heard. <laughs> but after giving it some space, I was like, oh man, I'm I'm really proud of myself. So yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah. Of course. No, I the thing that I've gone through, especially this year, is I like the song. 
I love hearing it, especially when it's like first mixed and mastered and everything and I'll put together mm-hmm. and I'll listen to it for a while. And then as soon as it's out, and I don't know if it's just the time frame from when I like first finished it to when it's out, but as soon as it's out, I'm like, I don't want to listen to it anymore. The first song that yep. I did this year that's on my album, I was like, I, I haven't listened to it in a long time because I was like, I just can't, I can't, it's, it's, it's dead to me now. Like now that it's out there, it's, yeah. I, I don't want to, I can't, it doesn't sound good to me anymore. It. Please don't it's let always, me, please don't It make, always yeah. sounds so much better when you get the like first, when you get the first listen of what is like the final draft. And it's like, yes. this is, this is the peak moment. I'm not going to yep. love it as much as I love it right now. And yes. it just goes downhill from here. So. so you have to make sure that you love it in that moment. For yeah, sure. that's true. That's uh, true. Yeah, once you listen after that, it's just like you start picking it apart. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. It's tough. But because then, you, you know, and especially once it's out, it's like, oh, like I could have done this differently. I wish this would have been a little bit different. Like, it's like we could be here yeah. for years rewriting the same song, but we're yeah. not going to do that. We're just going to let it let it exist in the world in its current state. Because we, we deemed it to the standard. So, yeah. Uh, is there a song that you've written that you think best embodies who you are as an artist? We have one song to show somebody to make them a fan of yours or make them want to listen to more. Mm. What song, what one song do you show them? That's a great question. Um, Bye. Huh. That's a great question, Ava. <laughs> I would probably say released, right? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm playing. For the public um, here. <laughs> I that's that's tough because I feel like it all sort of you know ties it together. Probably probably my song Strawberry Wine off of my first EP. Strawberry wine with her sweet face, her wild taste. She's in my mind. She knocks me off my feet, pushes me to my knees. She's got me begging, please. Cause she's smooth. Like strawberry wine With her sweet face, her wild taste She's in my mind Thank 
if not, if that's not your thing, <laughs> I would say off of the new record, um, anything can happen. Cross my heart and hope to die Whatever that means, I don't know why Hope I end up in your lullaby Wish that I knew how we all would end up in time Wishing my shoes never come untied. Hoping to God that I live for a while. Looking forward to the dream. Still need to decide if I'll live it or sleep. I think anything can happen is my favorite song on there. What makes and not just favorite it? song? It's my favorite because it it resonates with me deeply. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that do you think that that's a good kind of overarching representation of no. the rest of the stuff, or is it just your own personal bias? <laughs> it doesn't catch it all. None of my songs catch it well, all. Well, I mean, um, that's hard to do. No song is going to be like, yeah. you hear this, you're going to, you're going to love everything else. That's just, you know, every there's nobody has, I, I mean, I like to think that there's no artists that you're going to love every single one of their songs, like truly yeah. for what it is. So um, I think, okay. So if I had to, let me, let me reassess here. So if I had to pick a song that would be like, hey, if you like this, you're probably going to like the rest of this guy's stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably would be the song Two Left, which is like the one that starts off ballady and then moves towards like uh, almost punk uh, at the very end. I don't know if you remember that. It's off of Cardiniac. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would probably be it because it has a couple different elements in it. It has the ballad part, which is like, I was, I was classically trained, trained as a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it sort of let me really shine there vocally. And then the lyrics to that song are, I mean, if you, if you decide to let the lyrics of that song and the music of that song affect you and touch you, I feel like um, you're going to like the rest of what I have. Okay. So that's the more, as much as we can get all encompassing kind of taste of what's to come. Yeah. Okay. A a taste of chase. (laughs) Uh, if you had to pick two or three artists that you think your music is like a combination of, 
who would you choose? These aren't hard questions, but they are good questions <laughs> that are making me think. Um, okay. I would say Nathaniel Wrightliff, Kings of Leon, and Paul Simon. Okay. What pieces of each and, of those makes you want to say those yeah. three? Uh, I think Nathaniel Wrightliff is probably the most dominant. And his his solo music um and i think it's just because he's a singer songwriter who i have listened to for such a long time that his music um inspires me to the level where i want to the way he's able to present ideas and feelings i i aspire to present them that way um and then kings of leon I think especially with my rock stuff, which I have another band called Electric Company, and we do sort of more of that, like, rock, you know, just just sort of straight Southern rock. Um, but I think that a lot of my performance is similar to that energy. So, like, whenever I'm live, that's sort of the, the thing. But then I think for Paul, the Paul Simon portion of it, I think there's a tenderness to his music that isn't found in a lot of other music. Um, and I I think that I have that tenderness um, in my writing and in my voice. I think that I'm able to carry uh, just even, even to like heavy songs. There's a sort a certain amount of lightness to it that makes it not so heavy so you can kind of bear the whatever i'm talking about if it's if it's sad you can kind of bear it you know mm -hmm. no <clears throat> excuse me that all makes sense bless you um yeah that all makes sense and it all kind of pieces together to be i mean reflective of your stuff so uh, what is an outside passion of yours that you feel impacts who you are as an artist? So one of my favorite things to do is to uh, draw um, and just like doodle, sketch. And I think that that little hobby of mine or maybe even just tick I don't know uh it opens up oh yeah it, it opens up like a creativity door so if I'm ever not feeling like oh, I'm stuck on this song I don't know what to write next I keep on repeating the same line and I can't get over that line I'll just start doodling. And a lot of times that'll just open up the door to sort of move forward with the song and like just be free. Um, I wouldn't say that that necessarily impacts me as an artist, but I do think that it sort of shows me that I'm able to push through as an artist. Just like keep going. Like you're not bound to this one medium. You don't have to write words. You can 
write scribbles and you're still and I'm still doing what I feel like I was made to do, right? Like I'm still mm -hmm. creating something. Yeah, I mean, creation knows no bounds. There are a lot of people yeah. that it's like, you know, if you're immersed heavily into one space in the creative world, odds are there's at least been a dabblement in these other spaces. It, whether it 100%. continues or not, you know, that's to each their own. But like there's, you know, it's never just one thing. It's it yeah. never can be you can't do there's no limit so like why no. would there be you, you can't know? be stuck to one thing that's no. like uh that wouldn't work and then no. i think um one more thing that is i wouldn't i don't know if it's a hobby or more of like a just a way that i live that affects mm -hmm. me as an artist but i think that like being outside is very um much so influential for me uh uh I just moved to Arkansas, actually. You said that I was a Tennessee musician. I just moved, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, the environment out there, like whenever I lived in Memphis, I lived in downtown Memphis and I'd walk the city. Like it, it carried me through my four years of college there. And then after I graduated, it carried me through my three years of living as an adult for the first time on my own. And like being able to just intentionally spend time outdoors, even if that's in the concrete jungle, right? Like I still was able to um, sort of create this part of me that's just like always yearning. Like if I'm inside, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm where I should be. Like it's not a... Uh, Whenever I go outside, it's fulfilling. I don't know. It's something about the trees and the green. Like it just, it's good for my heart, my mind. Uh, but now that I live in Arkansas, I live on like, I wouldn't even say a farm, but it's kind of like a farm. It's like this massive space, tons of acreage. And I just go outside and sit. Like the other night, there was this incredible lightning storm, incredible lightning storm. Um, and it was like uh, the whole sky. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was just like lighting up for over an hour and a half. And I think, I think if there's anything that I do daily that really influences me as an artist, it would be spending time outside and just taking in the, the beauty of what is around us every day. I mean, nature in itself can be a great source of any sort of inspiration. I mean, it's always, it's, I mean, what's, what's really cool about it is that it's nature, it's natural. Like those things are just happening. Like I all the time, like yeah. would walk around my neighborhood and I'd be like, I don't get how trees are this big. Like, yeah. I just don't like, how are they that just like, They're massive. like a living thing is just that massive. Like it's insane. So, so that picture on, or my cover for, uh, Cardianiac, it's a cloud, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That was, I took that picture on my iPhone <laughs> uh, in front of a CVS. Like, I I think that clouds are the coolest thing. Not to sound <laughs> like a, like, I'm not crazy, right? But I just, I love nature. It's so inspiring. And then like, like trees, they're so big, clouds are so big. But then what really gets me is the the colors 
how vibrant the natural colors in the natural world are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, my phone's colorful, but have you seen that tree outside? Like really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the ideal listening scenario for someone to consume your music in? The ideal listening scenario. I would say that the ideal listening scenario for anyone to consume my music in is um, <laughs> to be gracious, first off, but then also just just to like want to listen. I don't think it's very good background music all of the time. Um, I think I think that I first off, of course, you know, everybody wants, especially artists appreciate attention and like to like I'm I'm singing like I'm mm-hmm. I'm saying something and so I I want people to listen obviously um I hope that doesn't make me sound super selfish but <laughs> it's just true like in right. a in a not like I'm telling them the keys to life like I'm 24 years old so by no means am I saying you have to listen to these important things that I have to say but it's like Hopefully you'll relate and hopefully whenever you listen, you're in a place where you feel like you can feel this. Like, um, I'm not, I don't think that it's bound to any particular place. If you're on a hike though, and you want to listen to my tunes, you might have a good time. But uh, I, I think that it's more so about where the listener is um in regards to themselves you know like what do they want out of it that was a super heady answer but (laughs) sorry no no it makes sense because I mean you know you can put anything on in the background but not everything will really serve as background music it's just it is something that's you it's more of an intentional listen um which I feel like is you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's not like, oh, like this type of music is always like that. Like, this is the type of music that you, that you want to like, listen, listen to rather than just put on, but it, this is the, like, this is that answer, but it's not like, because it's a certain type of music, if that makes, am I making any sense? Yeah. It's not like, because, oh, it's um, this genre or it sounds like this. Did you ever, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, you're good. I was going to just say, have you, like, whenever you were a little kid, or I guess even now, whenever I was a little kid, my dad would always be like playing music in the car. And my brothers and I would be talking or yelling or whatever. And the, in- the instrumentation would play. And if we weren't, if we were still talking, he would, whenever the, whenever the lyrics came in, he'd be like, guys, stop. Like, you gotta stop talking. Like, I want to listen to the words. <laughs> and like, I mean, I think that, that definitely had a, an effect on me, even though I was an adult, but now, now I'll be, even now I'll like listen to, uh, I did this the other day. I listened to a Kings of Leon song. I forget which one it was. I think it was tonight. Um, and they have this sick riff coming in. And then it's lyrics, but a, a car honked the horn as soon as uh, the lyrics came in. And I was like, are you kidding me? I got to restart this so I can get the whole effect. I mean, I probably missed like a millisecond, right? Yeah. But I, w- I had to go back. And so 
<laughs> hopefully people feel that way about my music but yeah <laughs> it's kind of that thing like I, I want to hear what that person has to say no it's like when you're like on your way home and you're like just starting a new song and you're like you just do an extra lap around the block before you go to your go to your yes. actual yes. place to stop um just to finish the song absolutely so um what is it that you think sets you apart from other independent artists Well, I don't know all of them, <laughs> so I, I can't speak for all of them, but mm-hmm. um, I think that I'm very, uh, well, I mean, that's not very different from many people. I was going to say passionate, but I know other people are very passionate too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that my approach might be a little bit different to this. Uh, I'm married now, and I, I graduated college. For a long time, I was wanting to do this full-time, and I still want to do it full-time, but, like, my approach has changed. So I'm not I'm not so much trying to get that, like, I just need to get famous. Like, I really wanted to be famous. I didn't even know what that really meant, honestly. <laughs> and then I started to, as I was playing shows in Memphis on Beale Street that I uh, – as I started to like play a little bit bigger shows too, I quickly realized like, you know, this is a, this is a thankless job until you perform and until you start to actually make money. And so I'm going to stop trying to chase whatever, whether it's money, whether it's popularity, whether it's fame, like, um, I got to do this for the right reasons. And so for me, the right reasons, I believe, have to do with, like, my faith. I'm not trying to make this a faith thing. But um, I really feel like I am, I feel like everybody was made, right? I feel like everyone was made by a divine creator. And I feel like you, just as much as I have a have a gift to give and and for me I think that mine is the ability to write and communicate um through music and I just want to share that I don't not because it's a special gift that if you hear it you know you'll be blessed or whatever nothing crazy like that but just like I feel like I was designed for this thing. And so if I am not doing it, I feel like I'm sort of going against my whole existence, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe you can relate, not even on a faith basis, but like, if like you're a creative, if, Mm -hmm. if you aren't doing that, who are you? And I think the answer is like, you're not you, you know? Right. No, it's, it's, it goes back to kind of what we touched on earlier. It's like, everybody has their thing that feels like what they're made to do and is probably that probably is the thing that they are made to do. Um, and so like, it's, it is, it's like, you know, we, it's, it's the don't like your job, isn't your personality and your job isn't like you, but at the same time, it's like your role in whatever it is, no matter how 
integral it is or what it's like whatever you're doing it is a part of you though because like what yeah like, absolutely that act of doing the, like it's like there's a reason that you're doing this over doing something else especially yes. if it's something you want to be doing yeah and I think there's like for people that can do that and also take that risk of uh, like, I mean, I, I know people who are accountants that hate their jobs, that hate their lives, that would rather be playing hockey. And it's like, like I mean, not everybody can play hockey, right? right. Not everybody <laughs> can go pro in hockey. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. But like, I don't know, join a league or something. Like, mm-hmm. so it, as an adult, something that I've been realizing is like, okay, well, this isn't really bringing in the money anymore, but I have got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe the thing that sets me apart is my resilience because I've gotten a lot of no's. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of no's, Ava. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, that's tiring and that's exhausting. And I'm sure you've gotten many no's. And it's like, that's fine. Like, you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I auditioned for American Idol. It was like this really weird one-off. I got a text from... Uh, uh, uh somebody that I knew in the in the industry and they were like hey can you come do a private audition for xyz and I was like uh sure he was like cool it's tomorrow at this time and it was four and a half hours away and I was like holy crap okay <laughs> so I go I make it happen I do the audition and I'll be honest with you I didn't botch the audition but I definitely did do my best I was mm-hmm. nervous but the uh, the director wasn't able to get back to me because of something that had happened uh, personally with him. Mm-hmm. And so there was like this two-week waiting period of, did I, did I do it? Did I, and so I'll just go back a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sort of stumbling over my words. <laughs> um, but so we were in the like waiting room waiting for them to call us up and the person who's sort of keeping the flow going comes in and it's like hey just so you know they're not going to tell you today if you made it or you didn't and everyone was like oh crap like why you know do you, you should do you know go back right away right <laughs> yeah like just tell me yes or no so I can move forward with my life um and then the next person comes in that had just auditioned and was like I got a yes immediately after the person said this and we we were like so they are and um there was like a lot of deliberation about if they were and if they weren't even though they did and whenever after my audition the director was like thank you very much I really appreciate you making the trip out here and I hope you have a nice day nice to meet you Chase whatever and I was like, okay, I didn't make it. But it feels a little like a no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And then I get some texts from, from some other friends who were auditioning and they were like, I got a yes. And I was like, okay, so they're giving out the yeses, but they're not giving the no's. They're saving that for an email. And then my dad and my wife were like, well, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. And so, as I'm driving back from this audition home, it's like a four and a half hour drive. I just had a lot of time to think and be like, 
because I was devastated. I'll be honest, I was devastated. And I've auditioned for The Voice before. I've I've auditioned for a bunch of stuff before. And I've gotten a lot of no's. But this one was different because immediately, I wasn't even told no. I just wasn't told yes. And I started to realize on the drive, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep singing. Like, I... I don't know why no's affect me like that, but it can't anymore. And so I just had this like really cool, it was a quick turnaround. Typically it would be like two weeks of me being feeling sorry for myself, Mm -hmm. but it was a really quick turnaround, maybe like 30 minutes. And then the rest of the way home, I was singing my heart out. So resilient. Yeah. I mean, you can do what you want when it comes to getting no's. Obviously, no one wants a no. No's aren't your favorite yeah. thing in the world. Like, no, you, know, you can apply to however many different things and get however many different no's. It gets a little bit easier as it goes on. It, you mm-hmm. know, it, t- you t- you take a little step back when it's something maybe you really wanted or something you really thought you'd be like good for, or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But if, if, if hearing the no's, is going to be something that really is like, oh, like that's it. Like I'm done. How Throwing bad? How, yeah. how bad did you really want it in the first place? Yeah. So yeah. like that's like that's the challenge part about it is it's like you have to be willing to take all the no's that you're gonna get, however many that may be, because yep. the more no's you get, the better chance you have of getting a yes. There has to be a yes at some point, right? It can't just be no's forever. So. Yeah. You have to kind of play the odds almost. Yeah, you do. And the other thing is like, the reality is, is that I might get a no for the rest of my life from like, I'm, you know, artists don't, artists don't make it all the time. Mm -hmm. Most of the time they don't. Right. Right. And like, so what's the, what's the remedy for that? The remedy Mm -hmm. is that I have to say yes. I have to keep going. I have to hear that and be like, you're wrong. I'm going to keep going. And like, obviously, if somebody gives me like a critique, I'm I'm going to be like, thank you. I need yeah. critiques. Right. But like, uh, no's don't cut it. And, and not everyone is going to say yeah to you. So you have to say yeah. And that's sort of what I've been learning on this journey. Yeah. If you can't say yes to yourself, you can't expect to get any yeses. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what it boils down to. Amen, sister. That's good. <laughs> uh, what impact do you ultimately want to have with your music and with your artistry? Mm. I th- that's a that's actually a tough question for me. Um, I've recently been thinking about this actually because I applied for um, like a grant like an artist grant mm-hmm. and they were talking about like what sort of organizations do you want to support with this and I was looking through like a bunch of different artists I was like um trying to find artists similar to me like I was looking at Noah Can and like just similar vibe right and I was like man all these people seem to have like an organization that they're like this is what my music is for um or not even for, but like, that's what money from my music goes towards because that's what I'm in support of. And like, I don't know 
uh, I, I don't really have anything like that quite yet, right? But I think the biggest the biggest thing that I want my music to do is like I want it to affect people in a way that allows them to not be fearful of expression. Like I think that um, being able to to march headfirst into uh, difficult uh, turmoil um, in your life is like so important. I was being tangential, but I want my music to affect people in a way that allows them to uh, feel understood and be able to express for themselves um, what they're going through. And if they can, I hope that my music allows them to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately a great thing to want because it really is, it's just like music is an extension of some <clears throat> level of an emotional thing within yourself. It just has yeah. to be. There's no music that's made without any ounce of emotion. And so yeah. then by extension, wanting that for the people that are consuming it, it's just like, basically, I want this to do for you what it's done for me. Exactly. And that's ding, ding, ding. You that's what's it. really cool about it is because it can, you know, it's like, I write this yeah. about something that I, I mean, we're all, we're all kind of connected. So yeah, the human experience so is like, really just, it's kind of just a lot of different iterations of the same story at times, you know, it's like, yeah. we're all living. Absolutely. The same experience. It's saying something familiar in a new way. Exactly. 100%. Um, I think that brings us to the final question, which is ultimately, why music? I sort of hit this a little bit. Um, I think I think the answer to that question is uh, more complicated than this, but I have to. Um, I feel like that if I don't, not even I feel like I know that if I don't, I don't, I'm not like doing what I was made to do. Um, there have been times in my life where I don't write. And in those times, I struggle with depression. But whenever I'm able to write, that's, that's not there. That's, that moves away. And so... Uh, I mean, if that's not, <laughs> if that's not a reason why it's like, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like it's just a compulsion and like, mm -hmm. it's something that needs to be let out. It's something that needs to be, once it's let out, harnessed, um, and like taken care of, right? Like, it's not just like, I'm like trying to put a bunch of word barf on the, paper it's mm -hmm. like I, I need that to come out but then I also want to be able to like take all of that mess that's in me and sort of like wrestle with it in a way that allows it to be formed into something beautiful hopefully yeah I mean it like I think the best way to put it is what you said is it's a compulsion it's like it's 
it's not really necessarily a choice you're making. It's a choice, obviously, you're making to continue and to put time into and to pursue, but to create from the first standpoint, it's just mm -hmm. something that happens. You know, it's it's not yeah. often people just like are like, oh, like <clears throat> I'm gonna start writing music. It's usually just something that just kind of falls into place and just happens naturally and just you know yeah it's it's just it's just an experience more than it is a choice which is kind of the crazy thing about it is because it's like something that just sort of happens to you that you choose to follow through for all this time and mm -hmm. it just makes sense it's like what was i ever just doing before out. that you know yeah yeah i think it's always crazy whenever i'll be like i don't know walking um uh hanging out with friends, like eating. And I'll be like, uh, <laughs> uh, purple turtle Tuesday. And I'll just like get like a, like a phrase. Obviously it's never been purple turtle Tuesday, but that was the only thing that would come to my mind. Like, right. and it's just like, I have to write that down. Like if I don't right. write that down, I'll forget it. It's like, who cares if you forget that it's purple turtle Tuesday. But to, yeah. to, to me, and I'm sure to you, I'm sure you felt that. It's like, I mm -hmm. need to write it down. Oh, yeah. Because it's important and I don't know why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I w yeah, I was back home in Illinois this past week and was with some of my friends. And I don't know what context it came up in, but one of my friends said, like, central time soulmate. And I was like, that could be a, a title or a lyric or something. And I'm like, I don't know what it's yeah. going to be, but I'm writing it down. And it's sitting Central in my phone. Something that's funny. It's like, I wonder what this is going to turn into, but it's it's there for the using. Yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that feeling. It's that, like, um, and that's why I think it's like a little bit like divine and like supernatural because it's like, where did that even come from? Right. You know, like I know my friend said it, and I know that I was like, I should write that down. Mm -hmm. but the connection between the two like why should I write that down I right. can never answer that question <laughs> I, I can't but it's sticky. like I know that I need to right so. yeah that that's what's really weird about it is like like literally like sometimes because I don't I do all my writing either at the piano or behind a guitar and it's always like mm -hmm. it's just I'm like because I'm a musician first so I'm just like playing through different things and you know the words just kind of come together on a whim most times and then from there it gets more intentional as things go on but like mm -hmm. when I'm writing those like first few words it's like I can't tell you the last time I used that word and now it's like in something that I just wrote it's like did I even really know what that meant or like what what is happening here yeah. it's just like sometimes it's just because it's like the time that it would take you to really process the fact that you just thought of that is so much longer than it was just for that word to pop out in the first place. It's like, yeah, this, this really just kind of happens and yeah, that's it. You know, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, magic. Like how, yeah. Like how much of this is really me and how much of it is really just something happening like through my brain, you know? Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Why Music Podcast. Check back again next week for another conversation with another independent artist. Thanks for listening.